The reality is using social networks to drive awareness really works because it's free. Maybe you wanna start doing TikTok Live because TikTok Live is growing. LinkedIn, I think, is a great place for you, brother. Starting a podcast and having people on it. Building awareness and brand is by getting in front of people. Attention is the number one asset. How about we start with some Discord questions? Does that sound good? That sounds amazing, but first, can I just say hi to everybody? Everybody, tell me where you're at, where you're physically at. Aiden, great to see you. Laptop Laura, always amazing. We've gotta start with the call. Do it with me, Jacqueline. I mean, like, Corso, here we go. One, two, three. Caw! Caw! There you go, Dust. <laughs> Dustin's in the mix. All right, Hangout Hawks. Hey, Twitch, we're on the Hangout Hawk now. Um, this is exclusive for them, so I'm gonna have to mute you, but I love you. All right, what are we doing? We're gonna get started with some of our favorite Discord questions we gathered from last week and this week. All right, so Manny1027 asks, question on your back-end development of Resi. I am working on a similar concept but creating loyalty slash reward programs for B2B customers who need help. Within the B2B space, there is so much integration that needs to happen with CRM, CPQ, marketing sales to et cetera. So okay, he's building something like Resi on the back end. So he basically asked, what tools, types of development teams did you leverage to help integrate Resi with the many different systems and tools you would encounter with the target customer? We built cust- We had a 35 person tech team and built custom tech to work with the APIs of every single POS product in every restaurant. It was hand to hand combat. Like when you're innovating and you've got different systems around the world for something as fragmented as the restaurant industry, we had to build an API and custom tech to work with the leaders of all the different softwares and SaaS companies and POS and it was, it was a nightmare. Um, it was also a decade ago. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's been a while now, but um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what you have to do. Right, great, thank you. Um, our next question is from Aiden, ADV. At my agency, we leverage AI for content writing ideas and concepts. I just discovered that a couple employees are using it to completely fulfill their work, SEO-rich blog articles. They're being paid a full-time salary and quietly completing output in roughly an hour a day while padding hours. I've had a suspicion of this and have asked several times. Each time I was told the only use for it is ideation regardless of whether AI content for this type of cast is good or bad, how would you handle this situation? P.S. Yes, we're building systems to spot these types of KPIs early. You know, I think that's a fireable offense. You know, if you've, if you're, you know, don't forget, they've also put Aiden's agency in a vulnerable spot. Right. You know, I mean, when people are lying, you know, you know, as tough as that may be, look, Aiden, you get to decide what you want to do with that. You know, but you know, I would say I'm pretty hardcore about not firing. And when something, when I hear something like that, if it passed the mustard of the things I would fire for at at Vayner, um, you know, how do you how do you have relationships if you have no trust? Break the law potentially. Don't forget, you sign contracts with clients that you're not doing that. Um, you know, so. Yeah, Aiden, I think, I think especially because you did the right thing, if you had suspicion and you asked people and they lied to your face and put the organization in litigation vulnerability, like, you know, you know, yeah, I would probably sit down and be like, let's use Dustin, who I adore, he's family. 
like Dustin, you just crossed a line that's like, I'm not sure where I can go with this. I even asked you and you lied to my face. Not to mention, you know, I love you and I'll help you get another job because we work so close and travel the world together. But if I don't let you go for something as egregious and illegal as this, then I've created a huge vulnerability for the rest of the organization. So it would be a shitty sitch. It's kind of like I had to fire someone who's like my real friend at Wine Library because they were stealing. Mm. Stealing. And I was like, as a friend, I was okay with it. Like I, was, I felt bad. I was trying to figure out why. Um, but I still had to fire them because you know, you just lose such a level of credibility um, that you can really, Aiden's entire agency's on the line. Right. Yeah, that makes sense, that's tough. Um, all right, our last and final question is from Emil Japan. He says, I'm looking to enhance the depth and quality of conversations my Tokyo Dads podcast by providing my guests with thought-provoking questions in advance. What key preparation questions would you suggest I ask my guests to ponder before they come on the show? Additionally, are there specific themes or topics you think are particularly crucial or beneficial to explore in a parenting-focused podcast? Yeah, I mean, I think think this, you know, that's, you know, and I, I love him, and so, but like, I think that's the whole purpose of the job, right? Meaning like, like every interviewer is different. Like I like to get into like real questions. Like I did podcasts with friends today. How many people watch podcasts with friends today? Say I did in the chat because then I'll use it as a reference. Um, yeah, so you know like you saw there was that one moment with that hip hop artist where I like pushed him to be more vulnerable. So I, I, I think there's a lot of ways to be an interviewer. Some people do incredible depths of homework and like watch 15 podcasts with that person if they're famous and like try to ask them a question that's never been asked before. I'm a little bit more improv, I'm more SNL, I'm more like wanna know in the moment what I'm feeling, which is what I think the audience is feeling, and so I ask that. So I think there's no right way. I think what you wanna do is know your body of work as a podcast as a whole, right? And so what you wanna do is create a scenario where you're making it interesting for the audience in context. If he asks the same question to 19 guests in a row and the answers are gonna be in a similar place, that podcast is not gonna be interesting. I think one of the reasons so many people tune in to a lot of what I do is it can really go anywhere. Even though I've got my pillars, you know I'm gonna talk about kindness and patience and like you don't have to deviate from who you are. So I think there's a lot of ways to do it but I think you know, if, you, if you're worried about the quality of the guest, remember so you want them to prep, remember that's really your responsibility as the interviewer. And so like for me, one of the reasons I struggle as a podcast host is I can get excited and interrupt a lot. It's also because I'm doing such hyper listening, I get excited and wanna ask or add to it or you know, I'm a jammer, you know? And so, you know, those are all the variables that go into something like that. That's great, thank you. Thanks guys for all of your questions. Can we, um, can yeah. we, can we let everybody on and like, hand raise yeah, and go, go to town. And also, can you two try to focus on people who have historically not asked questions? If you, if you can notice when we get into that. I'm gonna start with Anthony M. If you wanna lower your hand and unmute. Can you guys hear me? We can. Yes. Hey Gary, hey everyone. Um, first of all, I wanted to just say thank you for that awesome experience we had for the last thing on call. I mean, I think I can speak for everyone that was there. That was a that was a really great experience. Just seeing how 
you operate in your like home base. It was really, really cool. So thanks a lot for that. Um, I feel like I feel like we should run that back. I feel a lot of people didn't get to the office. I feel like we, you know, Jack Corsa. Let's make sure we. Uh, Chat that up. I might want to run it back one more time. I feel the extra energy of the people in the room was a lot of fun. And obviously it's a lot of fun for people to hang out. So something to think about. We'll talk that through. Noted. Awesome. And then, you know, I I can't miss the opportunity to just say thank you. So I I came across you, Gary, I don't know, like six, seven years ago. I had a nine to five as an IT guy. I started investing in real estate. That led to needing a property manager and I couldn't find a good one started a property management company and now I have a full service brokerage during the pandemic I got my broker's license and you know and and it's funny I did all that until 2021 and then I started using your marketing advice so before that it was just on the business advice and then the past three years my, my business has done a lot better since I've been doing both the business and the marketing advice so um, I just want to say thank you for that. I really, it's been life changing. So thank you. You can't even imagine what that feels like as a human being. Thank you, brother. Yeah. yeah. So um, one of the other tokens. I mean, this community is great, but I do have a fly fish token as well. And uh, I don't know how comfortable you are, but I would like to ask yeah. if there's any updates on that. I know the guys have been doing a good job of updating us, yeah. but I know we're getting close. Oh, it's we're getting close. It's in full. I mean, they're in full construction. Like I'm visiting in a couple weeks here. Like my guess is spring for sh- I mean spring for sure. It will be before the summer. It's um it's rock and roll time. Like we're gonna it's gonna get really fun, Anthony. Like I'm pretty damn excited, especially with like you know the New York scene with Zero Bond and ZZ's clubs. Like I think there's this really sweet spot that Flyfish Club is gonna find because some of this stuff is like outlandishly expensive, <laughs> you know, membership and the amount of money we put into the place and just the food. Uh, I don't know if all of you know this, but we've opened a restaurant in BCR Group called Little Maven. It just opened. It's in New York City. And like, I'm blown away by the feedback. We're one week in. And the feedback on the food, and you know, full disclosure, Flyfish food is gonna be an elevated experience from Maven. And I'm getting like, you know, I grew up in the wine business. So a lot of people in the wine business in the New York wine scene have already visited Maven because you know in the New York wine scene you're in the New York wine and food scene and um, I I could for everybody who's in New York or if you're visiting New York for the holidays please go check out Little Maven Um, it's um, uh, it's pretty exciting so anyway Anthony they were in full construction Uh, construction always scares me we were like two years late on building out wine library you know like I'm always scared of construction timelines but we're very far along Nothing's in our way from uh, executing, and so I think we're, um, you know, barring an atrocity, I think um, the spring is very real. Call it April, May, is my gut, uh, and then I will see a lot of you there quite a bit, because I will live there on the back half of this year. I'm definitely using this token to get the biggest table we can get and do a hangout hawk. I think it's a great idea. By the way, that's that's a, you know this goes back to maybe on the last hangout hawk session. Maybe we'll have a bunch of people here if the timing works, and then maybe when's our last Jack? When's our last hangout hawk? I'll double check that for you. Thank you. Yeah, maybe maybe we do the last hangout hawk with a good amount of people in the office with me and on Zoom and on Meets, uh, be friends, and then um, maybe that night a bunch of us will hang out at Flyfish. So we'll work on it. Like, look, I think, I think. This group, especially that's on right now, probably knows what I'm, what I'm about to say is incredibly real, which is like, I'm uncomfortably busy, 
yet I'm always fighting for ways to interact with all of you to the best of my ability and you know so while respecting the access tokens and so um, yeah I think that could be fun. April 23rd by the way is the last I wonder if we could, like when I hear that date, I wonder if it's kind of thing where it's like, maybe we do it there as like a first look because it's not fully going to be done or like it'll be, it'll be pretty, that's interesting. We'll, we'll talk, Jack. We'll, we'll come up, we'll give people okay. plenty of time if we decide to lock something in. Sounds great. Awesome. Thanks, Gary. Yep. All right, cool. Next question, Jaden Levitt. Do you want to uh, lower your hand and unmute? Right. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Oh, brilliant. Uh, Gary, we met in London a year and a half ago. I never wrote a thing on the internet. Now I'm a full-time writer because of you. It's been a, it's been a journey for sure. Um, I've, I've been sat at this table punching myself in the head as a new writer. Um, but it's taken off. Um, I started writing on Medium um, just about crypto NFTs. Um, in fact, it was after uh, getting into Vive Friends. I tweeted about it, went viral. thought I'd do some longer form stuff on Medium. It's blown up. I got about fifteen thousand followers, and I've got some crazy Americans following me. It's <laughs> it's mental. Uh, Nobody really joke. Sorry, I didn't mean to offend anyone. <laughs> um, as someone who's trying to improve my right, I'm going to go really narrow and selfish. Here. Please, that's really that's what this is for. Yeah. Uh, someone trying to improve my writing and grow. Um, I've sort of pivoted into Substack. Um, yes. And I won't say I've reached a plateau, but I'm. I'm in the grinds and I'm trying to build it. What advice do you have? I think the biggest um, issue, yeah. TikTok? I mean, are you are you are you talking about driving awareness to your Substack? Yes. Yeah, I think. Look, the fact that you even said other than TikTok makes me laugh because you know where I'm going. Like, you can't make up stuff that yeah. isn't true. The reality is, using social networks to drive awareness to things really works because it's free. I mean, here's some news. You can run Google AdWords around your topics and you could pay third, you know, three to $7 a click or 50 cents to $15 a click and they can go there and a bunch of them won't convert and you'll spend $900 and you'll get one subscriber and you'll be like, why the fuck did Gary tell me to do that? Like, you know, social media content is free distribution. Now, even hearing you talk, maybe you want to start doing TikTok Live. So I'm not telling you TikTok, I'm telling you TikTok Live because TikTok Live is growing. You know, LinkedIn I think is a great place for you, brother. Organically, you know, LinkedIn is uh, starting a podcast and having people on it. Like, building awareness and brand is by getting in front of people. You know, so, you know, the reason I love social networks is because, I mean, look at me now. Look what I'm doing. I'm constantly eating my own dog food. I'm literally fucking streaming myself now in an ASMR capacity on Twitch today. I'm alpha testing it today. Another thing. Another thing we put a lot of hours in, strategize if it's gonna be right, affecting my life where I have to hit mute on the mic and not on the mic and like, you know, like all this kind of stuff, right? Like, so, you know, LinkedIn newsletter is a great opportunity. I totally agree, Tyler. Like, there's just a lot of tactics, but it's about more content. In the same way a year and a half ago, I told you to write and put it on the internet. Now I'm telling you to micro write and micro video and micro audio to get to your longer form. Like, why am I gonna why am I why am I gonna sell a crap load of books called Day Trading Attention next? Because I built up awareness through all the activities and then you push it towards it. Okay. 
Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you. Uh, Chad Osterman, do you want to go next and lower your hand? Yes, hello. Hey, Chad. Can you hear me? Of course, brother. Hey, Gary. Nice to see you. Great to see so, you. So I think uh, I've told you this before. I have an immersive events business, and I really want to scale this business. Um, I'm finding a challenge to get good profit from my custom-made events with ticket sales, and what I really need is wealthy clients or businesses who can pay large sums of money for our services, and I want to know how I can pivot my business model to attract higher-paying clients, and I'm willing to DM people, post things. I'm just not sure where to go because I'm used to, you know, like people buying, you know, tickets for $20, $25. I'm wanting like 30 to 50K per event, you know, like here it is, do it. So pitch me the whole thing through. So, okay, you've sold events to immersive events. Now you want someone to underwrite it, right, in theory? Yeah. So, I mean, like, are you asking, because each event is a very different, unique theme. Um, well, let's, so, let's, let's, let's talk it through. Like, you know, like, yeah. you know, if I'm going to answer you and they're all custom, what I'm going to do is reverse engineer who the fuck would want to pay thirty to $50,000 to underwrite your right. event. So, as you right. can imagine, I'm at the mercy of the creative execution because if you're doing something around space, well then you go to companies that want that audience versus if you're doing something around gnomes or hobbits or race cars. So, you know, in reality, what you've gotta do is reverse engineer. You know, the reason I'm good at building things is because the only question I ever ask is why? Why, Chad, would somebody give you thirty to $50,000? So, I mean, I guess my question is how, why are they gonna, if I've never done a space event before, I could do a space event, but if I've never done one before, going to space companies, you know, I mean, I guess, I guess that's my issue, is um, <laughs> people don't, can't see what I can do. Well, have you, I, have you done things? Yeah, so I've done six or seven events, and they're all vastly, wildly different. Like, Do you have, do you have video on all of it? Yeah, I do. So, I do. make a fucking 90 second video sizzle reel and then you walk in and people know you have done shit. Okay, so then I send it, do I DM people with that reel? Uh, well, I mean, it, it depends on like, you know, how you want to attack this. So again, let's start from the top. Like, what event do you want to do? So, um, I mean, I have so many. I, I just got um, an inflatable 360 projector dome where I, I want to do an event called Eat Like an Alien where it's like a five-star dining event. That's right? cool. To different planets. Good. Yeah. So like that, I think you go to people that care about the restaurant industry. Okay. You, like, again, are you telling me instead of selling tickets where you might spend 38K and you then go start selling tickets and if you only sell $1,000 worth of tickets, you've lost 37K, right? That's what you're trying to exactly. eliminate, right? Yes, exactly, 100%. Well, what I think, so, yeah, so, so what you're looking for is sponsors. Yeah, and I don't know how to get those. <laughs> well, maybe you should go and get someone to be a salesman who does know how to do that and give her or him commission. Mm-hmm. Right, so there's unlimited people who have titles of like sponsorship sales in their titles on LinkedIn and if you hit them up and say, I throw epic fucking events, but I don't know how to sell sponsorship, I'll give you 25% of any sponsor you bring to my event. Would you want to take this on? If you ask 100 of them, then you're more likely to get someone who can actually do it versus you. What you're trying to do is you're trying to do sponsorship sales and you're a creative, yep. you're not a salesman. Exactly, yes. So you either need to get a partner who does sales 
or you need to reach out to people who do sponsorship sales and ask them if they want a side hustle or a freelance gig and give them a part of the action. Okay. Offer part of the action. And I mean, I, I'm assuming I'd have to pay them upfront. Not necessarily. If you find the right person who believe, like when I, by the way, right off the top, you got my attention. The fact that you just pinch, pitched me, you want to do a pop-up event that is based on eating like an alien, that's fucking clever. Thank you. Right, so like, like, you know, if I'm a sponsorship salesperson who's pretty accomplished and has a big Rolodex, and I happen to hear that pitch, and I'm like, wait a minute, I got a perfect bunch of people, I might just take the two, I might, I might counter you and say give me 33% instead of 25% of the action. You're gonna say yes, then I'm gonna go sell it, $100,000 sponsorship and keep 33,000 just because I know the one person because that's what I do. So, you know, you may not have to pay someone up front. There's plenty of people that work on commission only. You just gotta find them. That's who you need to be messaging on LinkedIn, not trying to come up with brand. You're like, that's like asking a salesman to come up with the creative idea of eat like, a, like an alien. <laughs> No, exactly, no, 100%. Okay, thank you. Reach out to sponsorship people. That's awesome. Appreciate you. Sponsorship salespeople. Sponsorship salespeople, thank you. Amazing. Um, Monica Wilkins, do you want to go next? Do you want to unmute and lower your hand? Hello, can you hear me? We can. Yes. Hi, Gary. Hi, Monica. Hi, all the hawks. Hi. Okay. Everyone. Um, I have a small business, I mean, I have a business services company that um, basically caters to small businesses. So um, I kind of fill in the gap for if you don't need a full-time employee. Um, I do any type of work if you need bookkeeping for, or if you need, no matter what you need. Um, you always talk about niche, finding your niche. Um, do you have to have a niche or is, is small business good enough? Because I don't want, like I despise small, corporate small, jobs, so I absolutely hate that. Yeah, small business is enough of a niche. So, okay. So, um, because I actually like all different aspects of business. Me too. Um, I have like 1,700 companies because I like it all. Okay, so, but I, I was always struggle when you say um, to find your niche and I'm like, I I'm, like. I'm not, you know what's so, you know what, you know what's so, people. you know what's so funny? Show me the clip where I've said to find your niche. Gary, I don't know. I'm sure it's there. Ask Corso. No, 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 no. Be careful. There's a, <laughs> there, there's a Gary Vee search engine. Go type in to find your niche. Go find it. Go show me. Okay. There's a lot of crazy, hardcore Gary Vee fans here. I have a very funny feeling that a lot of you are going to back me up on this. I am not a big define your niche. I'm a you are your niche guy. Like I'm done. Okay. We've, we've had this I'm, talk, so all of you people shaking your head. I don't. I mean, I mean. <laughs> and, and don't don't y'all do that to me because we've had this talk. Okay, so that's good because that that is kind of my niche, and I don't. I love to help the people that are you know. I don't. E- I don't even. I actually talk. don't even understand what you're saying. Meaning, it sounds like you're happy and you're building. Why would right. what What do you struggle? I don't want to focus solely on bookkeeping. I don't want to solely focus on business management or like branding or like social media. I just want it to be broad for the... You want to do small business consulting and you will come and, by the way, let me give you a business model. I will come and audit your business to tell you what you should do with me. So you're going to pay me $5,000 just for my time to understand everything, and then I'll tell you pricing on all these other things I feel I can help you with. 
Exactly. That is perfect. Yes. I Because I love the full range of services, and I've already scaled as far as the things that are taking me, you know, too much time that, of course, I can do because I want to be able to do everything in the business, not just – I don't want to do something I that it. I can't do myself. I get um, it. So I've hired people for different things like that. So I just want to make sure that I'm on the right page there. And then the only other thing um, – as far as scaling and then using people um, out of the country, my good friend Robert had um, that is on here has um, hooked me up with some different people um, that I can use. Do I just hide the fact that I'm using someone out of the country? Because a lot of people are not comfortable with that. Yeah, I mean, and I personally am vetting the person for a few months before. Honestly, I, I yeah, I genuinely. Yeah, I genuinely think that that's a personal decision, right? Like, you know, at the end of the day, if you are, if anyone asks you directly if you're using subcontractors, you have to answer honestly. As far as, as far as do you need to lead with that, I'm not necessarily sure you have to. I think, I think there's a very strong argument that I've heard from both sides of the equation on this, and I think you're allowed to decide what works for you, Monica. I don't think that's... I don't think there's a right or wrong to that. You know, Robert says, I would say no. You know, like, you don't have to do that, Monica. Other people I've talked to feel very passionate that you should. I'm, I'm agnostic on this one. I, don't, I think this is more of, when it starts blurring into, like, does one think this is a moral issue or not, that's where it gets a little complicated. And so I, I think I'm incredibly comfortable with you deciding what's right for you, and, and there is no right answer on that. Okay, perfect, thank you. Thank you. Um, Michelle, would you like to go? Okay, there we go. I'm in. Can you hear me? I can, Michelle. Okay, great. Gary. Um, so I'm super excited to be here. My, my friend Benny Fisher gifted me his seat today. Very nice. Uh, and and I, want to thank you, I want to thank you, Michelle, because if Benny was here, he would be disruptive and eating up the oxygen. <laughs> And so I can, I can say this for all the Hawks. We are ecstatic that you are here, Michelle. Let's all clap it up for Michelle. Oh, come on. All right. Preparation. One suck up the air in the room. Get to the point, right? So, okay, you've trained him well. So, listen, my question today is around kindness. So, for the last 20 years, my teams and I have adopted families at Christmas. So this is the perfect time for me to have a guest seat with you. Um, about five years ago, I wanted to move away from just buying Christmas presents and supporting families like we adopt families from domestic violence shelters and really move into other seasons. Like they need help, if they need help at Christmas, they need summer clothes, they need back to school clothes. And I wanted to know how I could do that with more impact. So just, you know, thinking about like, how could I do this with more impact? I had an idea and I started collecting Kohl's cash and old Navy cash. You know the cash that we get, but we never remember that it's in our wallet and it literally doesn't get used. Um, for example, Old Navy, they will give you super cash. You spend $25, you get $10 back, right? And then it goes unused. So I had this idea that my team and I would collect the fake cash and the rewards from our client base, from my entrepreneur communities, and we would go out and actually use that cash to buy more goods, to do, you know, do more good in the world. So I've been doing that for the last eight years. I know the impact has made a huge difference in not just picking a family and their wish list at Christmas, but really amplified to what we're doing throughout the year. And now I want to share the idea, the, how, the, the why, the what, the how, with others across the country so we can actually amplify the, the giving, right? And what's so beautiful about it is that no one has to write a check. 
Like you could literally just develop a team in your community, your school, your wherever you are, and somebody can just simply activate the campaign. Somebody can do the shopping, and other people—it's time, treasure, talent. Right. You can you, you can you can show you can show everybody how to do the blueprint of it. Yeah, yeah. So I want to call it like cashback heroes or something like that. Um, and really, I'd love to hear whether you have any advice on how to take this from where it is today, which is me and my team, not a nonprofit or anything like that at this point, and to a larger scale, much like what Tony Robbins did with the basket brigades. I mean, Tony spent 30 years of building a reputation to have a platform, so he was able to amplify it. Yeah. I mean, this is all the same game, you know? Michelle, it's like, how do you build awareness? It's like, the, you know, I was at the Charity Water Gala the other night. Like, it's all storytelling. What's up, Emil? Emil, going to sleep? You're waving? You're going to sleep? Um, you know, Michelle, I think, look, it's, it's hand-to-hand combat. It's hand-to-hand combat. Like every, everyone's looking for this, especially when you're doing things for good. I always, I talk to a lot of nonprofits. It's something that I am passionate about. You know, I sit on multiple boards, but I take a lot of meetings and do a lot of spec work and consulting. And I, the, the issue with people that are doing good is this is a very, 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 very distinct sentence that I'm about to say. Because they're doing something remarkable, they're audacious in their expectation of others mm-hmm. and they lack empathy that people have different things that they want to support and just because you're doing something good doesn't mean that you're supposed to give their attention and or money to someone. Yeah, so, yeah, I get that. Yeah, and I see it a lot. Like it really fucks with good people like yourself. It's like, they're like, they don't realize they're judging people without knowing people. Every, you know, multiple people here on this. Like when I hear what you're saying, it like strikes me right down the center. You're like, wonderful. It's amazing. Yet. It's pretty cool, right? It's very cool. Yeah. You know, meanwhile, my parents are driving my brother home right now from a colonoscopy because AJ has Crohn's disease. And mm-hmm. my parents are still driving him, I'm what, 40, at 37 years old to his colonoscopies because it's incredibly emotional to them and they want to take their energy, time, and money and support that, right? And then everyone here has all sorts of shit going on, right? Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, you know, there's just so much. And, and so, you know, I think the first thing you have to do is first make sure that you know that you have to battle for attention and awareness just like everyone else. And every celebrity and every entity that you go to, they get asked 4,000 times. I was asked to give money in donation Yep. 1,700 times in the month of November. In direct wow. email, not even DMs. Yeah, that's huge. Just, but just think about what that means, right? Like I'm just trying to put it into perspective of the asks, and I'm not the most famous guy. So just the- Hell yeah, you are. <laughs> so what I'm, what I'm saying is, you know, a couple things. You need to build a communications infrastructure, you know, and you need to figure, like, the, the reason I love TikTok is, you make one video with one feel-good story and it gets 39 million views. Mm-hmm. They, the good, good Morning America can't do that for you. Oprah tweeting can't do that for you. Like people don't understand, it's a social media strategy world. Social media content gets free distribution. Do you know how insane that is? The first 15 years of social media, these companies that I invested in, Facebook and Twitter and all that, that was more like email. You would have to amass followers for a long period of time, then you would post and a percentage of them would see it. Mm -hmm. The social media we live in now with these AI algorithms is you make one good piece of content, 
and your life changes. So you have to become remarkable at making content. Challenge accepted. Love you. Thank you, my friend. Thank you back. Thank you, Michelle. Um, Jovan, do you want to go next? Yes, I'm here. Perfect. Good afternoon, Gary. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Happy um, Tuesday. First and foremost, I want to thank John for giving me the opportunity of a spot today um, to be able to talk to you, Gary. Um, so uh, I'm the Chief Engineer Team Officer at Premium Shots, and what we do is we deliver memorable, immersive photo video related experiences for corporate and social events. Uh, we've been honored to work with some big names in sports like the Golden State Warriors, um, NBA 2K, the 49ers, and even my hometown heroes, the Sacramento Kings. It's crazy how my journey began at VCon last year in Minnesota, um, where you inspired me to resign from my 21-year government job last August to pursue my business full-time that I started back in 2017. Thank you so much, Gary, and been very uh, extremely grateful for this opportunity um, to uh, listen to you and inspire me to take the leap of faith to do what I love for my family. Thank you, brother. And um, I've been working to build relationships in the Web3 space. Um, it would be such an honor to be able to work with the future owner of the New York Jets and the awesome VaynerX crew to provide an epic photo activation for VCon 2024. Um, Joe, I, I can I can just jump in. Like, yeah. feel free to send me an email. As you can imagine, I see it. I see the card. We're happy to look at it. We're looking yeah. at everything. No different than the seventeen hundred. I actually have my admins do it. The seventeen hundred nonprofit requests. I don't know if there's a day that doesn't go by that we don't get twenty five to fifty vendor requests to activate a VCon. So I don't have enough details to know who mouse in the community, other vendors, other things that are going on. But if you send me an email personally to Gary at VFriends and put it's Javon from the Hangout Hawk section with all your information, I will absolutely get it looked at and analyzed in comparison to the other things we're doing. Yes, sir, I appreciate your time, Gary. Of course, Thank my you. man. Thank you, man. Super humbled by the emotion and the kind words that you displayed just now. Appreciate that. How are we feeling about the Kings this year? You guys got a pretty real squad. We do. Um, it's like I said, I, I provided um, multiple activations for the Kings um, during the playoffs this year for all seven games, and that led me to uh, working with the Universal Pictures. Uh, we're providing experience for all their movie red carpet premiere events. So it's awesome, man. Just truly humbled with the opportunity to I be able to work with such big brands. I can't wait to dig under the hood, bro. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Joven. Um, Dr. Malachi, wanna unmute? There we go, Doc. Uh, we got it. Great. I got it. It was me. So, Gary, let me just say first: had I had the chance to play in basketball at Chuck E. Cheese, I would have beat you. But I doubt that very much, yeah. Doc. Okay. So, hey, you've interviewed so many. I disagree, but anyway, you've interviewed <laughs> so many amazing. Doc, people. Doc, I I disagree back. I I. Hear your disagreement and I match it with greater disagreement. I then take uh, that disagreement and dismantle it with my disagreement. I put all my chips on the table and say, VCon, pick anything you want, I'll beat you at it. I will do that and we will live stream it and after I beat you, I will physically hurt you. <laughs> and I will live stream that and... Um... Sue me. <laughs> all right, go ahead, Doc. Yeah, okay. So, um, obviously you've interviewed Amazing people, proximity is amazing. I guess this is a two-fold question, answer it if you want. 
Is there something amazing that you've seen as a commonality amongst some of the amazing people you've interviewed? And then number two, because I'm also a major Tony Robbins fan, um, and he's had a major influence in my life. Is there something about Tony that maybe sticks out to you because he's the best of the best at what he does? You've done stuff with him that sticks out to you. Like, are there things of people that <laughs> make you aspire? Not just motivate you, but aspire. Uh, I'll, I'll do the Tony part first. I mean, I think Tony has achieved what, what I see in a lot of people as well, which is, I think Tony does what Tony was supposed to do. Do you know what I mean? Like this goes back to why I'm obsessed with self-awareness and obviously there's examples of like Tony and Kobe and all other people, but then I also, my mom is that person. My mom was meant to be a mother and like no bullshit. There's no one who's done it better. It may not get the headlines, it may not get the public awards, Many people may not know it. Obviously, I've been a loud advocate for her and so many more people know it. But, you know, I love seeing people when they're doing what they're supposed to do and that's what stands out for Tony. As far as, yeah, I have a very, very distinct answer for you, brother. The people that you're referring to in question one have all gotten to their place in the world based on one of two extremes. Deep, deep, deep insecurity or deep, deep, deep self-esteem and gratitude. Mm. It's a wild ass thing for me at 48 to see how clear this is. The people that achieve outsized results that then allow the masses to look at them, it's fucking Star Wars, Doc. It's literally Jedis and, and, and Sith Lords. It's like the good and the bad at extreme levels. But just like Star Wars, like it's not sustainable when you're on the dark side. It's why so many famous and successful and wealthy people have such dramatic burnouts. Deaths, suicides, like these supernovas. Like think about all the, my friends, think about all the most famous artists and comedians that pass away at such young ages. It was the dark side that got them there. This is why I talk about we can't put money on a pedestal. Too many people get to money through jealousy, envy, and negativity. Yeah, Doc, I'll tell you the thing that completely binds everybody that I've ever interviewed or anybody I've ever seen up close and I've seen a lot of them, of wealth and fame. It's either light or dark and fucking bad news. Most of it's dark. Mm. I think it's why I'm so compelled to communicate about the things that I'm talking about. It takes more time and it's more challenging to like, it's not, that's not true. Let me say it differently. It's just unfortunate that it takes super fuel to get you to the top. That's not unfortunate, it makes sense. It's just unfortunate that most people's super fuel is coming from a place of resentment or a chip on a shoulder. I'll show you, mom, dad, you know, like girlfriend, boyfriend, husband. Like it, it's unfortunate like I was, you know, it's funny. I made this analogy to a friend a couple years ago. I haven't thought about this since and this is the only time I've ever said it publicly. Something happened to me where I understood my fuel was weird and different than all the other people in my 20s and 30s and I compared it to like going to the gas station where there was like the weird like diesel fuel pump and everybody else had the normal shit and I was like, I'm the diesel fuel. Like I feel like I'm getting here on a different energy length and um, yeah. I'd, I'd want more people to get to the top through gratitude and kindness and empathy and compassion and civility and patience and that's why VFriends exists because <laughs> I know I can't scale it by myself. 
Great. And thanks for everything because you are rare in your willingness to just interact and be accessible and be encouraging and be authentic when you do. So my hats off to you and thank you. And again, VCon will be the end for you. (laughs) Doc, it was really nice to see you at Chuck E. Cheese, especially because we've been interacting for so long. Thank you, Dr. Malachi. Um, Vinit, would you like to go next? Yes. uh, Hi. Hi, Gary. Hi, Vinny. How are you? I'm good, Gary. How are you? I'm quite well, my friend. Okay. So, it's, um, so my question is, um, so I believe my first interaction with you was um, I, uh, I went vegan and you asked me, uh, are you doing okay? And uh, that was the, I hope you remember that. So it's been three and a half years and I've still continued doing the same. Um, uh, I've progressed in my fitness journey too. Um, I wanted to do 75 heart challenge. Uh, uh, I'm sure you've heard about it. Oh yeah, have you? Not? Yes, I have. Okay, so, um, so uh, regarding uh, like Monica spoke about some niches, and uh, I know that one should not believe in them, but I personally feel I do have some. Like, not many Indians are vegans. Uh, second, uh, in India, people don't know how to get protein from even vegetarian foods, but I do know being a vegan, you can have enough protein. Um, also, like, so you know, I'm. By, by the way, Benit, real quick, this. just while I've got you um, and we're talking, um, I'm, not, I'm not saying that people shouldn't be niche and things of that nature. I'm saying that it's not the only way so many people think they have to be. And sometimes your niche is you. Like, I, you know, many people. Most people are successful because they're known for something or have gone deep in something. But there's people like Monica and I that want to do a potpourri of things. But going niche is incredibly powerful, as you know. It's the majority of everyone who accomplishes something. Got it. So if you have them, use them. Yeah, especially the way you are talking about this. This is like a passion of yours. True. This goes back to what I just said earlier, like how people get there. Passion is one way. Like, if you like it, this is the fucked up thing about the world. People don't want work ethic to be part of the equation. It's hard for people to accept the amount of hours it takes to build something meaningful in parenting, in business, in the world. It's, it's, it's daunting for many. Um, but it is fully, fully a part of it. And the way I think most people are able to achieve the work ethic to do something special is they like it, so it doesn't feel like work, right? Yeah, it just so you know. When so you say that uh, I resonated with with it because my wife was thinking, wouldn't it be too difficult for you to do seventy five hard? And I'm on the other hand thinking, no, like that would be the. Uh, I really want to do that because I've uh, noticed myself being disciplined with my diet and workout. So uh, yeah, so my question is, I was thinking about YouTube Shorts and the same thing on uh, Instagram as well. And uh, I wanted to use Hindi, the Indian yes, uh, I know well. language, mm-hmm. because in, in India, like the masses, and they will be able to relate with me better. So even though I'm in the US, I was thinking I'll choose the food. I and love everything, it. Which, I think that's right. So, so any anything else apart from this that you would like me to try doing? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's why I'm writing the new book. It's best practices. I want you to think about your titles. I want you to think about your thumbnail. I want you to think about the first three seconds of your video. I want you to think about mixing English and Hindi in the same video. 
we see that Spanglish crushes. Right. So when people okay. speak half Spanish, half English, you know, I want you to think about what time you post, the copy that you're using to support the post. This is a fucking science. Right. So the platforms would be like YouTube Shorts, same thing on Instagram and TikTok? You know, the reality is any platform can work. Do you know what, team, guess in the comments my fastest growing platform right now and you know that these are all not like it's a small platform and like, you know, I only had 30 people and now I have 80 people. I'm at scale on all of them. What is my fastest growing platform? LinkedIn. So a lot of LinkedIn answers, TikTok. The answer to the question, and it's not even close, Facebook. Crushing. Gaining thousands and thousands of followers a week. Best practices. I'm using the default type, and we're putting quotes in with the default type. Um, posts and like, it just, it's just so fucking obvious that it's an everyday, this is why I'm writing the book, day trading, Vineet, the answer is, is whichever platform most works for you. Like, like, I can't push all of you enough towards TikTok Live. I can't push you all enough towards um, YouTube. But meanwhile, like, it might be Facebook. It might be LinkedIn. It might be Twitter X. Like, all of you are gonna be better at certain platforms than others. Some come more native to each of us than others. Right, so- Cam Cam, I'm using, Cam Cam just asked, I'm sorry, Benny, one second. Cam Cam just asked, how am I using Facebook? I'm posting on my Facebook page. But I'm, but because my team is constantly, and I, we're constantly trying different things, you know, we try video and pictures and written word. I mean, written only is crushing. Crushing, written only literally transcribing words out of my mouth and typing them out, hitting post. So you gotta try different shit. Okay, thanks Gary. By the way, look what, uh, of course my brother, look what uh, Pack Leader Dog said. I post the same shit on all platforms currently, time issue, I totally get it. I'm thrilled that you realize that's not best practices. And he goes, and Facebook has grown most by far. You know why? There's still a trillion people, this is how day, this is how, this is how day trading attention works. There's still millions of people on Facebook, but almost every contemporary modern creator is not making content on Facebook. Supply and demand. Perfect, Um, thank you, Vineet. And John, do you wanna go next? Thank you, Zekla. Of course. Hey Gary, what's up? Good to see you, John. I'm starting a new position, um, working as a, a, in a financial role at a real estate developer. And I'm wondering how can I uh, respect the confidential, confidentially stuff and also like not jeopardizing the brand, the condo, oh, no. but also developing my uh, own personal brand and maybe also the brand of the company. So how can I use maybe LinkedIn? while still respecting the, the brand. Am I clear? You're very clear. Am it's I a clear? question I get asked all the time. The way you do that is by asking the organization for rules of how you can do it. What you're trying to do is sure. very smart. I see it every day, I get asked this all the time. You're, you're completely at the mercy of your employer. So you have to ask your employer for clear guidelines on what you're allowed to do on LinkedIn and explain to them that you're trying to build it to help the business 
and then you'll get a real answer from the employer to see if they want to suppress you and not let you build your own brand. Thank, thank you. You're thank welcome. You, Gary. Let's get. I agree with Mohi. Before I get out of here, let's grab him. Also, Jack on the next Hangout Hawks. I'm going to sneak it a little bit more, but because of my technical difficulties, I want to add ten minutes to the next one, please. Well there. Mohi, well, get in here, brother. I'm here. Yes. Hey. Let's all call it up for our man Mo. Call. Ah! <laughs> How are you, Gary? Good, brother. Miss you. How are you? I'm, I'm very good. Thank you. Um, sorry to hear about AJ. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. It, it's the... Re- it's it's, it's the... Your families, which I never did until like two years ago. So I'm really sorry to hear that. Thank you, brother. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you've heard this. The reason AJ left VaynerMedia to start Vayner Sports with me was because he was too stressed doing VaynerMedia. It was too much HR. He didn't like it. And so he, he wanted to do something he liked and that's how Vayner Sports got born. Oh wow, I yeah. know that. Yeah. Cool. Tomorrow is uh, Shiv's birthday and he couldn't be on the call today so I wanted to present him this question. Uh, why is Shiv not rich yet? <laughs> <laughs> Let me rephrase. So I guess people that put in, let's say a million dollars in reframes, they're like, well fuck, the market is booming. Even the NFTs, are crushing it and we understand the long-term vision but I want to be able to buy a car or a house yeah um, what, what do you what do you think is going on look I think you know I think there's a everybody's got a different strategy of how they want to build their projects and obviously Shiv you anybody else like I, I you can imagine it's an undercurrent every day but you know I, I feel very confident in the way I'm building this brand and obviously when you wanna create demand for a digital collectible. I saw your comment yesterday of like less users. I think about this every day, I read everything. Like I feel very confident in, in the bricks that I'm putting down and I think every IP and whether it's artist or intellectual property are gonna have different news cycles and different moments in time and you know, I'm incredibly scared to compromise the way I'm building this brand and feel very confident the way that I'm doing it and obviously I stress if Shiv's upset or you're upset or anybody who's upset and I work on it daily but I can only navigate the, the IP and the demand creation the way that, that I see fit and you know, I, I think it's incredibly challenging to predict market dynamics. It is my responsibility to create affinity which will create demand and I feel like I'm on that journey um, but you know, predicting the market's moments and things of that nature, I think there's a lot of things that go into different pricing and a lot of different ways to play it and I'm playing it the best that I can. That's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it, my brother. I wish you a really healthy, happy holiday. Me too. Thank you. Everybody, I'm going to run. Um, it's great to be with all of you. I can't wait to see all of you again soon. Uh, come and hang out on Twitch. You can see what I'm doing behind the scenes. I'm going to start building that up. I'll see a bunch of you on Fanatics tonight. And um, I'm excited for a bunch of announcements that are about to come. We're going to have a really active January as well. So I love you. We'll talk to you soon. Call, call, call. Thank you. Thanks, Cheers. guys. Cheers. Thank you.